Hello to my fellow humans with True Crime Obsessions. Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I am Michelle, the Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, with my co-host watching football or something upstairs with my husband, the baby dog Rory. Today we're going to look at the horrific, so scary murder of Cassie Joe Stoddard. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. A little late on getting this episode out, but your girl's tired. Um, it's been just a long week. Uh, I'm really trying to get back into the gym, swimming a lot. Um, and so it just, I've been a little bit kind of pushing it because I, you know, I gained some weight when I was still pregnant and then gained weight because I was eating a lot of cinnamon rolls when I was still grieving. Not that I'm not still grieving, but. I just wasn't very kind to my body, which I think I've mentioned before. So I'm just trying to get back into it. It's exhausting. I've been doing a lot of stuff around the house. Um, my in-laws are going to be coming soon. So I want to make sure that the house is in good, good working shape for them. And I know my mom's going to, I think, come and spend uh, a night with us possibly later this week. So just been trying to kind of make my house a home, which I haven't really been able to do over the last five years, uh, there was just a lot of extra excess stuff in the house. Um, yesterday, I took every single little thing out of our closet. Uh, and it was the closet was packed. And yeah, I took everything out. I have way too many hoodies. But I live for this kind of weather that we're currently experiencing. Uh, it's cold, it's kind of chilly, and I just love a good hoodie. And so I have approximately like 20 hoodies my husband has some hoodies too but uh I took everything out I kind of went through everything and like I had mentioned I had lost weight a lot of weight um and I had a lot of stuff that was just probably one or two sizes too big and I was like I'm putting it out there in the energy in the world that I'm not going to be this big again um so I donated I donated huge contractor like black bags of clothes um that I'm going to be donating and uh, I don't go to the office that much anymore. Um, maybe once, twice, three times a month, there's always like a week and that we end up not going in. And I was like, I don't need that many work clothes anymore. Slash, I should probably update my wardrobe because a lot of the stuff I was wearing, I got probably like five to seven years ago and it's just kind of out of style. And your girl maybe wants to upgrade her life a little bit. So that's kind of what we've been doing. I ended up getting everything out and I, we worked out a little bit yesterday and there's been a lot of people at our house. Um, we're getting some various stuff done to the house, some upgrades. So it's just been a lot. And so I needed a little bit extra sleep right now. So, um, yeah, other than that, things have been going pretty well. Uh, been keeping busy with work and, you know, playing games when I can and just trying to keep myself busy and, uh yeah so things have been pretty good i hope you were all well i hope the quality on this is better than it normally is I, th I feel like my quality has been pretty good but i was doing some recording for work and my leader mentioned that 
it was that the sound was kind of inconsistent, which I knew, but I was also recording on like various different days. And I felt like my voice probably just sounded different on various days. Uh, but I think it was a lot of to do with where I record. I record kind of semi in a corner in my basement where I, this is where I work as well. Um, and that's normally the best spot for just because of everything. And I, he suggested getting like a little thing to kind of enclose my microphone, which if you follow me on social medias, I've uh, posted about that a little bit. And I think the quality is even better. I'm hoping that you don't hear outside things as much um, as people are like racing by our house right now. I hope you can't hear that. Um, so hopefully quality is better. I feel like my quality is pretty good for having like a $90 podcast setup. So, um, and yeah, so I think, you know, we're, we're doing well, we're getting better and I appreciate everybody. We broke 500 listens or listens, downloads, uh, last week. I think we're at like 530 right now. So I appreciate you all tuning in all over the world, which is insane to me. Uh, people in other countries that I dream to go to someday have been listening and I would love to go to Ireland or anywhere in Europe. Uh, I would love to go to Australia. I, I mean, different states in the United States even that I'd love to go to someday. So it's great. It's awesome. And I'm just really happy that we're kind of back into doing this sort of. I'm not doing the research during the week as much. I've been kind of doing it on the weekends, which kind of also delays me because I had to do a few hours of research this morning. Um which wasn't ideal, but I had everything picked out. I knew what my sources and everything I said to kind of compile. So uh, like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be covering Cassie Joe Stoddard and also known as like the Scream Murders. Um, Cassie Joe Stoddard was a student at Pocotello High School in Idaho. Uh, she had the rest of her life ahead of her, right? 16 years old, rest of her life. Uh, you know, she was known to family and friends as a responsible straight-A student. The sheriff uh, that was responsible for her case on later said, you know, she didn't do anything but attend school. Um, she, you know, she didn't do anything but be friends with somebody and just about everybody, right? She was really good. She was just a good person. I feel like, unfortunately, this is, like, always what happens. Like, I feel like I, all these people that get murdered are generally good people, which is really sad. Uh, Cassie Joe led a normal life. She liked to draw and listen to music, like most 16-year-olds, right? Uh, September 20, uh, 22nd, 2006, which is crazy because I was also, I was her age in 2006-ish, but maybe I was closer to 17. But regardless, what I'm saying is this could have happened, right? I babysat for people at this age. It's it wasn't uncommon, right, at this time, and, and I think times have maybe changed a little bit now, but it's definitely very scary to think about. So she was house-sitting, uh, she had, they had a couple of dogs there, she ended up avoiding her, uh, avoiding, <laughs> I meant inviting her, uh, her boyfriend over, his name is Matt Beckham, uh, just for the night, right, classic 16-year-old stuff, right, you just have your boyfriend over, and some other classmates of Cassie's, uh, Tori Adamkick and Brian Draper. Apparently they were chilling, watching Quentin uh, Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume 2. Um, a little bit after, not too long, 
Tori and Brian, um, they ended up leaving to watch another movie and they went to a theater. They were very into films. Uh, they had spent about a couple hours there, you know, pretty length, normal length of a movie. And, but unfortunately, nobody knew Brian had gone downstairs and unlocked the basement door so that they could sneak in later, him and Tori. About 15 minutes after the boys, they had left the house, the power was cut in the house. They had never left. They pretended to leave, but they were in the neighborhood. They parked down the street, got out of the car, and they put these costumes on, uh, dark clothing, gloves, and white uh, painted masks. They had entered, you know, through the house, through the basement door. Um, They were... Cassie and Matt were watching TV upstairs in the living room. They intentionally made loud noises, and they were trying to essentially attempt to get them to come downstairs. They wanted to scare them. So that's when they ended up finding the circuit breaker and cut, you know, turned the power off to the house, continuing to hope that they would come downstairs and check the breaker. They did not come downstairs, so they ended up turning the, the lights on a little bit. Cassie obviously, was pretty uneasy about this weird temporary power outage. This isn't her house, right? That's scary. And obviously, um, just very nerve-wracking. Matt later reported that he had noticed that one of the dogs that was at the house kept staring down at the basement stairs and was kind of periodically barking or growling. Trust the dog's instinct, y'all. Seeing that his girlfriend is scared... He ended up calling his mom to ask if he could stay the night at the house just to kind of ease her mind, right? To make him, you know, he wanted to protect her. He cared about her. But unfortunately, his mom said no and instead offered to let Cassie stay the night at their house. uh, And then, you know, she would bring her back in the morning. But Cassie, being a good house sitter, said, hey, you know, I have responsibilities to stay in this house. You know, she was hired to do this, take care of the animals, and so she declined. At about 10.30, Matt's mom picked him up, leaving Cass. You know, she's alone in the house now. Matt ended up calling uh, Tori, one of the boys that had left earlier in the night, his cell phone to see where he and Brian were, um, possibly, you know, hang out with them later that day. Uh, Matt said that he could barely hear Tori, who was whispering on the phone, Matt just assumed, hey, they were in the movie theater, not knowing that they were literally in the basement of his girlfriend, the girlfriend's where she was at. Once again, remember, they had re-entered the house, they were wearing masks, and they turned the power off again. They were just waiting to get Cassie uh, to come back downstairs, hoping, you know, they have a slasher movie fantasy, and that's what they wanted. They wanted her to come downstairs to play out that fantasy. She didn't go downstairs, um, and so, so they went upstairs to the living room. They ended up stabbing her 30 times with two different knives. The autopsy that was eventually done on her body showed that there were 12 wounds, stab wounds that were fatal, 11 coming from the same knife. Uh, later, the forensic pathologist, Dr. Charles Garrison, testified that most of the fatal wounds struck the right ventricle of Cassie's heart. Uh, After the murder, they left, um, and they continued to film their reactions as they drove away. I watched the video, and it's horrifying. I mean, this is minutes, right, after 
they killed Cassie. Brian goes, just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. Tori goes, I'm shaking. Brian goes, I stabbed her in the throat and saw her lifeless body. It just disappeared. Dude, I just killed Cassie. After this, they ended up trying to go. They went to the movies to build that alibi, right? They had said they had gone to the movies. Um, this video, obviously, ended up kind of biting them in the butt in the f- few days. These boys were both from the area, um, but unknown to anyone else. They were keeping a death list that contained names of several of their friends and classmates, one of which was Cassie. Um, this is so scary because we actually had a student with a hit list in high school where I went to. It was really, really scary, and I was 17 at the time. I didn't realize or understand the magnitude of that. And with gun violence and school shootings as bad as they are now in America, which is tragic, I can't even begin to think about... I I, I just don't understand. And maybe that's why I like true crime so much, because I don't understand the mindset. But to make a list of people that you want to kill... And just have the list. It's just, it's crazy to me. Um, Prior to killing Cassie, they filmed themselves discussing the murder. Portions of the video do exist online, including footage of Tori saying, there should be no law against killing people. Later in the video, he also mentioned how horny he was just thinking about killing Cassie. So these kids are fucked up in the brain. Not, not, not good. Um, essentially, you know, there should be no law against killing people. The, they want the purge, essentially. I've never watched those movies, but I understand what the, what the concept is. And that's what they kind of want. They don't want to have to face consequences for killing someone. They likened themselves to Ted Bundy, uh, the Zodiac Killer, and the Hillside Strangler. Um, they loved film, um, and they, you know, produced, like I said, later on, um, these incriminating videos regarding the murder of Cassie. On September 24th, a couple days later, uh, Cassie's aunt, uncle, and three kids returned to the home. Unfortunately, Cassie's 13-year-old cousin was the first person to find her body. They fam- The family ended up being relocated during the investigation. The initial suspect was obviously the boyfriend, right? He was the last one to see her alive. Um, they ended up speaking to Brian and Tori too, after interviewing Matt, um, because he said that, that yes, there were these two other guys that were there that night on the night of the murder. So they ended up interviewing them and two days later they interviewed Brian for a second time and with consent, they searched his bedroom and they did find an empty knife sleeve, which which like essentially where they, you can store a knife so it doesn't like cut you and everything. Um, next day, they interviewed him a third time. He alleged that he and Tori did return to the residence. Um, but, and then eventually he led them to Black Rock Cannon, where hair, they had disposed of the clothing, masks, and weapons that they had used for the murder. So he, he, he completely cracked. Um, by Thursday, a few days after they had found the body, they arrested them both. Brian uh, maintaining that, you know, Tori had pressured him into stabbing Joe, but video evidence after the fact obviously contradicted this, um, you know, his, his alleged innocence in this murder. 
At trial, prosecution revealed that Brian had said that he was inspired by Eric Harris and Dylan Kebold, who were had committed the Columbine High School Massacre. Later, Tori uh, also said that they were inspired by the Scream horror film franchise. April 17th, 2007, which is crazy, that's right before I graduated from high school, um, Brian was convicted and found guilted, guilty of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Cassie's grandfather says one down, said one down, one more to go. Uh, at the time, and her her mother uh, merely said, "I'm just happy my baby got her justice." Tory, uh, his trial br- uh, began about a month and a half later, May thirty first, two thousand seven, and he was convicted of the same charges on June eighth, two thousand seven. In August of two thousand and seven, um, based on being convicted of first degree murder. Each received a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment without the possibility of parole and 30 years to life uh, for being convicted of conspiracy to commit murder. Um, Both of them are continuing to serve their time at Idaho State Correction Institution located in Ida County, uh, Idaho near Kuna. Uh, In November 2019, so not too long ago, Tory's sentence was upheld. He did, there was multiple appeals and they tried to get out, um, you know, or, and then there was recently um, a Supreme Court hearing. I can't remember what it was called, but um, probably should did a little bit more research, I guess. But they essentially were saying that they couldn't do life sentences for people that were juveniles, uh, juveniles because of their brain isn't, they can't make like rational decisions at that age, but they did appeal for that and they still haven't gotten out. Um, there are some people, kids um, that were convicted of um, like life sentences. They got life sentences due to their crimes and they have gotten out or lessened their sentence and stuff like that. As of right now, from the research that I found, I, they are not out, but I'm, they are probably still appealing. So that is, is the tragic death of Cassie Jo Stoddard. I can't imagine, right? She's doing the right thing, helping her aunt and uncle out, watching the house, watching the pups. I didn't see anything about the dogs being injured, um, which is all, you know, I guess a small light in the sadness of all of this. It's senseless, right? These, these kids are clearly messed up. I know, um, her family had did like sue the school that they went to um for essentially like some kind of negligence um but this it got all um like dismissed because the school this was like unforeseen they couldn't have predicted that something like this would happen and it had nothing to do with the school um i think these kids were just killers that's what they wanted they wanted to kill and unfortunately cassie was on their list for no good reason. She was a good kid. And, you know, rest in peace, Cassie. Definitely did not even remotely deserve what happened to you. And I and I and I don't think that the the horror film franchises of Scream or anything like that, those movies are not real. 
and I don't know why these kids thought that they were real or why it was funny, and they're freaking idiots for recording themselves, and I think they would have gotten caught anyways, because they both buckled under pressure immediately, and th- their alibi was off, right? They they said that they went to, like, an 11.30 movie, but they li- the, the recording that they had in the car of them immediately after killing Cassie was, like, 11.31. Like, that was a timestamp. So they're freaking idiots. They, they're not good murderers, and I'm happy they were caught and weren't able to hurt anyone else because I think they probably would have, and that's really terrifying. Thank you for tuning in today. Not a super long episode, but, you know... This is, I'm, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, that's where we're at right now. Uh, I recently listened to the West Memphis 3, uh, an ep- four-part episode by Morbid, which is a really great podcast that I've been kind of going through recently. Uh, that destroyed me. Um, previously I had listened to the Jeffrey Dahmer episodes by them and I've listened to lots of Jeffrey Dahmer podcasts and stuff. Um, but they did a really great job with their research and everything and it was tragic. And then it was weird timing, right? Cause these episodes are from like two years ago that the fact that I'm on them right now and they just had a Netflix series come out Dahmer and I'm a little bit afraid to watch it because I heard it's like horrifying like very accurate to what happened and it was really tragic what happened and and if you know anything about true crime you probably know about Jeffrey Dahmer I'm gonna try to watch it (laughs) I don't know if I'll be able to get through it I love true crime but sometimes actually seeing the things that your brain kind of fills in the spaces for is really terrifying and maybe I'll do an episode on my reaction, episode by episode uh, reaction to it. Uh, it's so it's so sad, and and then we can go into this another. Maybe I'll watch like an episode a week or something and report back, um, or record myself after every single episode and make that an episode. <laughs> we'll see. I got to think about it a little bit, but thank you once again for tuning in. Um, open to everybody's feedback as always. Uh, you know, any case or story suggestions. I'm avoiding any with kids at the moment. I was supposed to do Charles Manson this week, but he, uh, there's one of the first murders uh, involved a pregnant woman, and it was just, it's too much. And I feel like those bigger cases, I mean, I did end Kemper, but I, like I said, he was like my favorite one, which is weird to say. Those have all been covered and they've been probably covered way better than I could ever cover them. So I'm going to try to do smaller cases like these um, that maybe aren't as well known to get, get the information out there. Cause I think it's important that we cover smaller cases. I want to continue to cover smaller cases to just, get the information out there and you know for especially unsolved ones try to get justice for them um all my source materials for this are in the show notes uh subscribe and rate the podcast uh once again we're at like 528 downloads so keep keep doing that i think i've got like five five star ratings on apple Podcasts, so i appreciate that but i know not everybody uh listens on apple Podcasts, so spotify wherever you're listening 
please give it a rate. Please subscribe. Uh, I know a lot of you do subscribe. Share it with your friends. You know, we're trying to grow out here. The next big milestone will be a thousand downloads, which is insane to me. We are creeping up on 20 episodes. So we're, we're, we're getting there, people. I appreciate all of it. Um, we'll continue to try to publish on Sundays. I will put on social media if that changes. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I'm not giving as much love to the Instagram as I should, but I'm going to continue to try to work on that. Uh, Twitter at CO Dog Mom Podcast. TikTok at CO Mom ba- uh, CO Dog Mom Podcast. That's where I put a lot of stuff is on TikTok, just because that's like the hit social media thing right now. Um, so I'm going to keep trying to do all of them, but that TikTok is where I put a lot of stuff. Uh, you should just be able to kind of, like I said, search me pretty and find me pretty easy. Um, you can also Gmail me at codogmompodcast um, at gmail.com. And nobody has sent me anything yet, but that's okay. Um, thank you again. Appreciate the support. Uh, stay true crime obsessed. Love on your animals. And be kind. And I'll talk to you all next week.